morning, everyone. And we are in our second week walking through the entire scripture. Our first week, we kind of introduced everything. But what we're doing over the course of six weeks that we started with last week is going from the beginning of the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. And thus far, after one week, we've made it through one chapter. So we're going to have to speed it up a little bit, okay? Um, I'm going to, or else I'll just have to go really, really long today. But um, just to give you kind of a recap of what we talked about, the foundation last week in the first chapter of the Bible is it says, you know, in the beginning, God created. And some of the themes that we talked about last week is it said the scripture over and over says it is good. What God created was good. And he said he uniquely put the image of God upon humanity. He created humans distinct and unique. And so that is, that is kind of how we started our series, recognizing and realizing that what God created was good. And we should celebrate and thank God for that. And what God created and put it within us calls us to great responsibility because we have been uniquely set apart with the image of God, with the free freedom to choose and respond to the will of God and love God. And so that's where we started last week. And just to kind of give us a little recap, every week as we go through this series, we're going to kind of have a little bit of a recap creed, so to speak, to kind of um, remind us of how the this, this series progresses and what it is. So I'm going to invite you to read this along with me to recap last week. Are you ready? Okay, wake up. Now it's participatory time. All right, here we go. Um, God... The world you created is good. Out of nothingness, you spoke life into being, breathing into us the breath of life. You created mankind in your own image. All right, not bad. All right, so that is what we covered last week, and we're flipping to Genesis chapter 2 this week. And we're going to, like I said, try to pick up the pace or else we're not going to make it through the book of Revelation. But if you turn with me and if you have your Bibles uh, to Genesis chapter 2, um, I'm going to read verses 7 through 9. And it says this. Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Then God made all of the kinds of trees grow out of the ground, the trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, uh, there was a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The picture is painted really clear of an incredible masterpiece in an incredible environment that all of us would say it'd be nice to take a week at spring break and go to this like resort uh where you know everything is taken care of and everything is beautiful and it's a unbelievable garden and god put us right in the middle of it and we're there you know uh, amongst the animals without without sin without death without pain without suffering all the needs and things are provided and that's the picture that is painted and is clear. And it's something that we have to remember because it's so hard in our time to remember that what God created was beautiful, was good, was incredible, and was everything humanity needed. And the story continues in verse 15. 
Uh, like I said, I'm going to have to go faster. It says this. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden to work it, to take care of it. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And so this is the beginning of seeing this picture of human freedom and human will. And this is, this is um, opens up a whole can of worms and difficulty. Why would God set this like seemingly trap in the middle of the garden? Uh, you know, and why would God allow this? This is something we're going to get into more in our, our Bible study that goes along with this. Kind of, why would God allow evil? Why does evil exist? All of these different things. But I don't want to get too far down that road. But I want you to understand that this is the picture of human beings really having that image of God that we talked about last week. The freedom and the ability to choose. To choose to obey. To choose to disobey. And this is the picture that they're given. They're like, they're, everything you have is taken care of. You can live with me in the presence of God, with me, without sin, without death. But there is a choice if you choose. And, but that choice will lead to death. How interesting is it that that's kind of like uh, how human beings function and work? I remember when my son was just two years old. He's here today. He's graduated from Kids at the Creek, and he's now, like, in the uh, adult service. So I got to be careful when I tell stories. Are we okay, Titus? Okay. All right. All right. My son is here. But my son, when he was two years old, um, you know, two-year-olds, you think, you know, they, they don't really, you can't reason with a two-year-old very much. But we, we had a few very, very simple rules, okay? One of those rules was you can't climb on the coffee table. Because we had a glass coffee table, and it had a wood frame, but we're afraid if a two-year-old's standing on it, and plus uh, our two-year-old would not just stand on it, jump on it, okay, that thing is going to shatter and explode, and it's going to be an ugly scene, right? So you can't climb on the coffee table. Two-year-olds love to climb on little coffee tables, right? And so this was just, this was the biggest struggle, in our home as yeah, he was two years old. And so he'd go over and he, you know, we, we'd put him in timeout and we'd set him in timeout and say, no, nope, you have to sit there. You're not allowed to do that. We couldn't say, hey, you're going to get hurt if you do that. We couldn't quite reason to that extent, but he understood that he wasn't to get onto the coffee table. And I remember one day after kind of fighting this battle time and time again, like being there and watching him go over to the coffee table, climb up on the coffee table, and immediately could almost see it dawn on him. Like, uh-oh, I'm on the coffee. I'm not supposed to be on the coffee table. And, and what he did in that moment is he kind of started to tear up and he kind of started to get sad. And he walked himself over to timeout and sat down in timeout and put himself in timeout. And I was like, wow. Well, you know, something's working. He gets it that it's wrong. But we do that, right? Don't we do that? We're just like, we know that this activity is wrong and we shouldn't do that. But sometimes it's so, like, we go down this road and we, like, follow down the trap that we know leads to death. 
Maybe you've had the same argument or discussion with your spouse or family member over and over, and you know it's going to end badly, and you still go down that road. You maybe have a habit that has come, like come up in your life over and over, and you know it's coming, and we can still go down that road. And human freedom, oh, man, it, it's such a difficult thing because we walk down that road often. And in Genesis 3, 6 through 8, it kind of gives us the picture and a clear understanding of why the world is the way it is. Because we know that garden picture of perfect perfection and perfect harmony and unity with, with humanity and God is not the reality now. And so in Genesis 3, 6 through 8, it says this. It says... When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And here's the first picture and the moment in time. And this is the big kind of transition time. These are six big kind of seasons of scripture that happen. Is that the moment when sin enters the world and everything changes. Sin enters the world, and sin is completely destructive. And immediately see, the first thing is shame. And the first thing, you see them ashamed and hiding. Where before, they were in the relationship, in the presence of God, around God, totally and completely in relationship with their creator. And then they find themselves hiding in the trees away from God. How silly, right? Hiding from God. Like God can't find them through the shrugs. But this is, this is the reality of what happens. And this is the reality that all of us know very well. Even more clearly than we know the picture of perfection and the garden of Eden. That picture is even hard to even comprehend. Because this is the world we know very, very well. Don't we? Because when sin entered the world, is the, the scripture tells us that sin did some destructive things to all of us. And it entered in some way, and uh, you know, the, the, this, this DNA of humanity and this world in a destructive way. Where, you know, all of us are born now into this reality. And all of us also know personally... Uh, Sin and disobedience. All of us personally know uh, directly defying God. Personally know what it's like to to look at God and in our arrogance say, Yeah, God, you created all this world. Yeah, God, you made this perfect. But in some way, us thinking or acting as if we know better. And we know know what would be best for our lives. And we want to know, like, you know what, maybe, maybe I I have a better plan or a better way than God. And so we maybe think 
We justify, we look around us, and we think that like this will help us out, benefit us, make us more happy, whatever it may be. And inevitably, every single one of us, as the scripture clearly says, uh, takes a bite of that apple. And we take that bite and we justify it. And all has sinned. And all of us walk down that road. We think that it'll be okay. So we take a bite. We look around us and we see all the people around us that are, you know, kind of doing the same thing. So we, we take a bite. We get, we get bored, depressed, sad, angry, and we take a bite. And that's the reality of the world that we live in today. In many ways, almost unrecognizable from what God originally created. Watch this video. Not working? Anybody want to like pantomime a video or uh, anything like that? I could read it out and maybe we could act it out. No, we won't do that. All right, forget the video. It's not just not playing. No, it just looks like the background smart. Okay. All right, not working. Um, we're moving on. We'll be okay. Um, but essentially, all of us at one point in time jump into this picture. And we participate in what creation or people have done all throughout history. We've disobeyed and uh, followed down a path to, to directly sin against God. This is God's intent. This is God's plan. This was God's design. He did not design for uh, us to die. He did not design for us to be sick. He did not design for us to live in a place of isolation from our creator or harm, giving harm to one another. That was not God's intent. God's intent was the perfect picture and image that he gives us at the beginning of, of, of scripture. Where he says, everything will be taken care of and you will live in relationship with your creator. And you will know and understand uh, like things different from everyone else. You'll be able to comprehend love and have a loving relationship with your creator. But this is what sin does. Sin takes this picture and the beautiful masterpiece that God created and it just defaces it. And it just covers over it. And it destroys and it. And, and it attacks it. And you look. Do you guys like the fumes? Uh, you sat on the wrong side if you're over here. Um, we may get into some other sins if you have too much of this. But, um, but it just takes that image where you're looking at humanity and you're looking at the world and you're saying, God, the picture that you say the world is, I can't recognize it. I can't even, I can't even tell what it is. You say that your world is good and it's not. And you look around at all of the stuff going on in the world and you say, this is what the world is like, God. And, and what sometimes, many times, what we do is we look at God and we say, why did you do this? This is awful. This is a terrible picture. And I hate this existence. 
And there's all these people all around me that are harming me. And there's times where I just get into the same habits over and over and I do the same thing. And we look at this picture and we're like, God, you created a disaster and you created a mess. But that's not the picture of Scripture. The Scripture tells us and illustrates to us over and over that God's intent is not is different than that. That that's not God's plan. That's not God's wishes. God made a masterpiece. Everybody doing okay? <sighs> take, a, take a good whiff. Um, so, we have to look at, and in the, uh, the next uh, preceding chapters and verses in Scripture, we begin to see the reality and the consequence of what happens when sin enters the world and destroys what was originally intended to be good. So, um, if you look with me in verse 16 in chapter 3, it says this. As God confronts humanity in their sin. It says to the woman, he says, I will make you, your pains in childbirth very severe. With painful labor, you'll give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband... And he will rule over you. Continues to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife, you ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you. You must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you'll eat food from it all the days of your life. It'll produce thorns with thistles for you. And you'll eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat your food until you return to the ground. Since you were taken for four dust, you are, and to dust you will return. And so it lays out a picture that they probably can't quite comprehend in this moment, but it lays out a picture of the consequence of their actions. And it says, this is not going to go well for you now. Previously, it was a good environment, but now as a result of your actions, it's going to be different and it's going to be hard. And, you know, sometimes maybe we look at this and we say, wow, God is really harsh. But how I really read this scripture within the context of the whole story is I say, I see, I, I can imagine God just sadly relaying to them the reality. And maybe you've had to do that as a parent or a friend before, where you just say, because of what you did, it's, it's going to be tough now. You're going to have to go through some tough times, and this is what's coming. And so I don't hear, and this is, this is a little bit of my interpretation, but in the context of it, I don't hear like God gleefully saying, look at what you've done, ha ha. No, he's saying, sadly enough, unfortunately. What's going to happen in your life is it's going to be really difficult. Here's the things that are going to happen. You're going to, you're going to have all kinds of broken relationships. And you saw it from the beginning of this story is they were hiding away and they were, they were, they were apart from God. And all of a sudden in isolation for the first time. Those relationships are going to be. Uh, completely destroyed. There's going to be conflict. As it says, between the husband and wife, there's going to be conflict. 
There's going to be like this power struggle. There's going to be, you know, ups and downs and, you know, it's going to be difficult. And that's, that's how the scriptures, you know, says, you know what? <sighs> Women, probably you're going to face a lot of, lot of difficulty with that. And you're going to face a lot of maybe abuse and, and pain and things like that as a result of these broken relationships. And it says that. And it says, you know what? You're going to face pain. Pain in childbirth, but pain overall in your life. Things are not going to uh, be pain-free and simple. You're going to experience and struggle through the pain of now your mortal body that's decaying and struggling and working through all of these things. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be days where you're not feeling well. There's going to be struggle, and all of that is going to uh, enter into the world and it's going to be a part of your existence. It talks about where specifically God speaks to Adam. He says, you know what? You're going to, you're going to toil. You're going to have all kinds of uh, incredible labor and backbreaking work and effort. And then you're going to have weeds that grow up and you're going to have to deal with them over and over again. And everything's going to just kind of... You're going you're gonna to work hard, and then it's all going to feel like it falls apart, and you're going to have to go over and do it over and over and over again. And ultimately, in the end, you're going to die. Ultimately, you will return back to the dust of the earth. And ultimately, you will die. Just as I said would happen if you disobey me. And so there's all of these direct and deliberate consequences that people face as a result of sin. And, and so the picture is so marred, is so destroyed, is so harmed, that now we can look around at the world today and say, okay, now I get it. I understand. And it... In an amazing way, and it's kind of unfolds throughout Scripture as people are trying to figure out the mystery of what this really is. Is, you know, in, in the book of uh, Romans, Paul even says, you know, the whole earth is just groaning and struggling with the reality of the broken creation that has, like, has taken place. And all people are kind of, have, have come to a place where everything is affected and harms. You know, so many times in our modern world, we look at everything so, so much by nature and so literal of, you know, this happens because of this. But there's a unique dynamic that is put right in here in Scripture that says that there is something like seriously embedded within our existence as a result of sin. God created us, yes, physically. But God created us also spiritual. And he placed the image of God on our hearts. And when we disobey or, or go against what God intends for our life, it pokes holes in the fabric of our existence. It destroys us and it destroys all of creation around us. And so in not necessarily a direct one-to-one -one correlation way, like I act one, you know, I sin in one way. And as a result, this is a direct like uh, consequence of it. What we see is all of creation is marred. All of creation 
is dealing with this reality. All of creation is scarred and is struggling and is in a place of decay and destruction and pain and sin and death. And that's where we're at. And sadly enough, God, God paints this picture and says, this was not my will. And if you look at this painting and you say, that is a disgusting display, God would agree. That's not his intent. That's not the plan. He doesn't want us fighting one another and sinning against one another. He doesn't want us uh, backbreaking toil and pain and sin and death. That's not the intent. But that is the reality of sin. Can you imagine now, with that picture and that image in place, how, how silly it is sometimes how we talk about sin. How, how simply we just kind of dismiss it. You know, yeah, I'm just a human. I just, you know, that's what we do. I just, you know, uh, I sin over and over. Nothing I can do about it. This is what I do. If you really have a full scope at what sin really is, it's not something to dismiss. It's not something casually to say, oh, what do you do? Throw your hands up in the air and just say, oh, oh, well, no big deal. Do you understand that it is the destruction from the inside out of us and all of creation? That's what it is. And in many ways, all of us have to grasp with the reality that, yes, we didn't create all of this mess, but we're right in. We're involved in it. And by just dismissing and kind of throwing away sin is no big deal. How, how much that must, must make God just weep. And think about all of, all of us just kind of like almost dismissively saying it's no big deal. Sin is a big deal. Sin is destructive. Sin destroys relationships and it destroys what God intended. And, it's, and we have to realize that that is at the heart of all the evil that we see around us. And so something that I, I, I hope maybe we can do within this conversation. And of course in coming weeks we're going to get the fuller picture of the rest of the story. But as we wrap up this part of the story, I want you to just kind of just, just mentally participate with something, something with me, okay? That when you think about the sins that have been a part of your life, and when you think about those, like, those actions that you have done where you willfully knew that you were directly defying God, you're directly and willfully saying, God, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm taking a bite and I'm participating. When you do that, I want you to have kind of this mental picture and image of all the creation being destroyed. All of creation being harmed. All of creation being marred. And maybe the next time you hear like a horrible story on the news... Yes, no, that, that's not your necessarily personal responsibility. What we have to do is we have to look at ourselves and say, God, I am a sinner. And God, I need your help. 
because this is a mess and it's gone way out of control and it's beyond me and it's bigger than me and this is not what your plan is. Many times we look at God and say, God, why did you do this? But mentally, I just want you to shift just this small little thing and stop for a moment and look in the mirror and say, God, what have I done? What am I doing? What am I doing to these people around me that, that I love? What am I doing in these, these, these areas of my life? Why am I just directly disobeying you? When you say this is going to harm me, I still continue down that road. Make a little mental shift. And the hope is that we can like cry out for God to intervene in our lives. Because that is our only hope. As the chapters unfold through the next several chapters in the book of Genesis, things just degrade and get worse and worse. We see in chapter 3, um, uh, Adam and Eve's kids, Cain and Abel, Cain kills his brother. We see that in Genesis 5, it talks about an incredibly violent place as people start just like taking life very casually, the same life that God said he breathed existence and the image of God into, and people start just violently murdering and, and harming one another. We see that people take incredible actions in, in Genesis chapter 11 to try to uh, you know, erect incredible monuments to themselves to replace the need for God. And in their inc- infinite human wisdom, they think that they don't need God anymore. And they're going to do incredible things and build society their way in their own image. And it's just a, de- uh, a story after story of it just getting worse and worse and degrading to the point where you can't even recognize it anymore. And you can't even understand it. And that gives us a pretty clear picture of the world that we live in, right? Will you pray with me? God, I pray that we would recognize and understand that the sin and destruction that is such a part of our world It's not your plan. It's not your desire for us. It's not your will. And God, today, even though there's much sin that has gone before us, every one of us in this room has to recognize the part that we've played and the sin that we have done. God, we recognize today that it's not small. It's not inconsequential. But instead, we realize that sin destroys in a profound way. And so, God, today, we cry out to you and say, God, help us. 
We are hopeless. We are completely caught up in the sin that is destroying us. I invite you right now just to take a moment. Please don't casually just pass by this, but take a moment and really reflect on the reality that you have been a participant, an active, willing, willful participant in the sin that is in this world. And that's not funny. It's not a joke. It's not something just to casually dismiss or move on from. There needs to be a moment in time where we recognize the destruction of it and feel that sting. And then cry out to God to intervene, to help, to give you grace. Grace. 